What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, your weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brendan Valentine, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co-hosts this week, who will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. Uh, this week's question is, um, what is your favorite geek season? So, like, we have summer, winter, fall, uh, spring, and, like, I'll explain this. This came from a, a Twitter DM. Like, is there a geek a time of the year where you geek out most not necessarily like the, the 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 question is what is your favorite geek season i asked to elaborate and they gave the example of their favorite geek season is convention season when there are conventions in their town um so i can give my answer really quick um my favorite geek season is um the month of may because, or the first week of May in particular, because that is when Marvel releases their first summer blockbuster, and it's also my birthday. Um, but that, like, that's when that's when I feel like summer, like pop culture stuff, kicks off that first weekend in May, and like that first like week. And that's that's the time of year I usually look forward to the most. Okay, okay. Oh, Isaac Hunter here, everyone. Glad to be uh, here this week. Um. Oh, that's a good question. I I would almost have to say probably October, just because I I love fall and I love Halloween. And if there's ever like a new Halloween themed movie, it comes out around October. They're not gonna release that, you know, in January or February. And so I do like that and I can geek out. And I also like to to geek out on some of my favorite Halloween movies and TV shows, uh, and related fall things like uh over the Garden Wall. I watch that like twice a year. It's so good. Um, so probably around fall time. Um, and usually there's there's usually a big hit blockbuster that comes out in like December, which isn't that far later. So it's pretty good. Okay. Um, hey everyone, I'm Hope. Um, so I'm gonna say like December slash January-ish each season because that's when like some of the bigger titles come out. So like this year is West Side Story and Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Um, so like, I really like around like the winter geek season because then I'm also usually home. And when there's not a freaking pandemic happening, then I can like go with my family and be a big family event. Like my cousin and aunt from Colorado come for Christmas and stuff. And like, we can all go see a movie or like go see a kid's movie with my nieces because everyone's out of school so we can actually all do something together so that's my that's very sweet i love that for you guys <laughs> all righty well thank you both very much now uh let's get things started with uh, our geek news of the week all right my fellow co-hosts what have you got for us all right i'll start i don't have anything big but um so uh uh, Laika, which I believe is what they're called. It's L-A-I-K-A. They're uh, a studio that is known for making stop-motion movies, such as Coraline, which is fantastic. Um, and also... Absolutely. Uh, you, I think they made, what, The Missing Link? Um, yep. But they're coming out with a new uh, stop-motion film called Wildwood, which is based on a book series called Wildhood, Wildwood. Uh, but basically, it's about this, like other enchanted world that's beyond uh portland like oregon city it's like in like the deep woods there's like this magical world and it's about a girl trying to get her brother back um and it's kind of just got like talking animals like bandits and like 
magical figures and it's basically kind of just like fairy tales combined but um i looked at that and that looks pretty cool and i mean i love Coraline and i like stop motion so i think that's gonna be cool sweet brendan do you want to go next or you want me to yeah. go I can I can hop in there if you want. Um, so big news this week: Marvel dropped the first trailer for the Hawkeye series, and it looks really good. Um, I don't know if anyone might be surprised by that. I wasn't. I didn't have high hopes, at least for the trailer. But uh, I I'm re- reminded every time that dang, does Marvel know how to make a good trailer? They also know how to make a good movie, but dang, do they know how to make a trailer? Um, but yeah, it looks like I, this was partially why I picked this question for our question of the week is this one's very holiday themed, like you're getting around like the winter, December, uh, I guess like economic Christmas holiday um, of a commercialized version. That's the word I was looking for. Um, <laughs> but it, it seems to be Hawkeye like confronting his like, you know, his time is Ronan. Um like in the uh, you know at the beginning not the beginning of Endgame but like that that scene at Endgame where you see him fighting those crime bosses and kind of lost his way after he lost his family, um, and kind of confronting that through meeting Kate Bishop, um, but I think we can all agree that the highlight of the trailer is the fact that it is now canon in the Marvel universe that um, similar to how Lin Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton in our universe, um, some playwright I'm hoping it's Lin Manuel Miranda in the Marvel universe. <laughs> Um, wrote a musical called Rogers, uh, following Steve Rogers. And if the you musical. look at like Rogers, it's the Rogers the musical. Yes, I, I'm I'm very excited. Um, I really hope that there's a scene where um, Bucky and um, Sam show up for opening night in the Hawkeye series. Um, but you we see a, a clip of the the musical on stage, and you have someone playing Steve. And then you have, you know, someone playing Bucky and someone playing Sam, but then over off to the side, you get someone playing Thor and someone playing Loki. And in the back, you get someone playing Hulk. Like it, it looked really funny and I'm very excited. And overall, the series looks very fun. Um, and then on another quick note, uh, we got some video game announcements for some uh, comic book based video games with the sequel to Sony's Spider-Man uh, coming out. And then uh, the in development is a new Wolverine game, which uh, if you want to go check out the trailers, those are on YouTube. They both look very good, but they are just teasers. So there's no actual gameplay. So not a whole lot of information on it yet. Uh, but if you want, if you want all the information we've got, go check out those, uh, those trailers. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it. The the teaser for Spider-Man's got got some info. But they are just teasers. So, hope. Shoot. Well, going off of your comment about the Rogers, the musical, um, Broadway is officially starting to reopen. Uh, Last night, The Lion King, Wicked, and Hamilton, so three big-name musicals, all came back to Broadway. They were not the only ones... Um, the theaters were full or almost full, but they were vaccinated and masked, and it's not tourists just yet, but um, musicals are back. Lin-Manuel Miranda was there for Hamilton. He made the opening like speech before um, they started the musical, and then, which is like super sweet. Go watch it on YouTube. I love him. Lin-Manuel Miranda is awesome. Um, Kristen Chenoweth was there for Wicked. Um, there was also like people, they all gathered outside of the theater for Hamilton and there was like a big celebration and like everyone was singing and dancing and they were all matched and everything and, um, but they're recording everything and I think Good Morning America also had Lion King actors on it singing the first song, um, Circle of Life, which was absolutely awesome. Um, this isn't like geek in the sense of like movies, games, books, or anything. But if you geek out about football, which I do, you know that Ohio State played Oregon in the first week of college football and that Oregon beat Ohio State. Somebody left a rubber duck in the middle of Ohio State's O on the field after the game. And it's on TikTok and it's absolutely phenomenal because it's just a little, you know, yellow rubber duck. Um, so I think that's really awesome. Um, Haley Atwell is going to be voicing Laura Croft in Netflix's Tomb Raider anime series now. So like, badass Perfect. woman is still going. 
Yeah, that's perfect. I, I, I perfect. Yes, I love it's, that. It's absolutely perfect. Like, yes. Um, the Venom Two director confirmed that a future crossover with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to happen, but when and how are still like the big pivotal questions. Um, so I don't know that yet, but like obviously keep you updated on that. And finally, Anthony Mackie is going to start in Twisted Metal live action series. So if you're a fan of the Sony TV and PlayStation or PlayStation uh, game Twisted Metal, Anthony Mackie has been cast as John Doe for the TV series. Um, and I guess they are extremely excited at the uh, studios for the potential of the show and like with Anthony Mack and everything. So sweet. That is that, that's gonna be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird I, seeing Anthony Mackey as like a dark and twisted character. Like, I mean like we, we, he wasn't dark and twisted, but like it was weird seeing Anthony Mackey like after him being the Falcon, seeing him not be the Falcon. Um or I guess yeah, yeah he's he's Cap now, so yeah. I rewatched, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, like the other day. And Anthony Mackie's like his childhood best friend, and like in the movies, like helping Abraham like fight vampires. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> isn't it's Anthony Mackie also an, that. Isn't he also an eight mile? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he loses the rap battle. He does lose the rap battle. It's <laughs> just, it just, just shows it's easier to beat Thanos than it is to beat Eminem. <laughs> That's not sorry. That's not my joke. That's a definitely something I read on the internet, and that's a meme. <laughs> but um, that is that's one of my favorites. All righty. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I feel like we got some good geek news out there. But um, here at Raving Geeks, we like to do some some critical thought analysis um, on you know our geek culture, and you know just we really like to reflect and analyze on what kind of geek uh, geek paraphernalia we consume. Um, and we, we noticed kind of a trend uh, on Amazon Prime uh, when they release superhero shows, they tend to be gory and violent, but also insanely good in like the top 10 shows I've ever watched. Um, we're, I'm of course referring to The Boys and this summer's uh, big hit Invincible. Um, and, you know, we, we were thinking about that here uh, as, as geeks do, thinking about TV shows that we enjoy. Um, yes, and notice yes. that, you know, while this was a recent trend, like with Amazon Prime kind of taking this idea, this isn't the first, you know, big gory kind of like relying on violence, like superhero type pick that we've done. So we just want to, you know, talk about, you know, what we like about the boys and Invincible and things like that. And what other properties we feel, you know, have have drawn on that appeal um, that Amazon is uh, pulling. But I would just like to point out. If you have seen The Boys and you've seen Invincible, uh, you, it, it's very clear that it's an allegory on the idea, uh, or at least there's the presence of an allegory on the idea of Superman and like criticizing, you know, if there was this idea of a man of steel, would, it, would he really be as benevolent as Superman is and things like that? Um, I'd also like to point out that if the, the person that owns the company of the people that are producing anti-Superman propaganda looks exactly like Lex Luthor, <laughs> um when are we just gonna start saying that jeff bezos is lex luther because like there's two shows now that are basically anti-superman anti-superheroes you can't trust that that big super powerful alien guy that's pretty lex luthery jeff come on although if you want to sponsor us um <laughs> okay would okay tangent would raving geeks accept a sponsorship from lex freaking luther <laughs> I mean, if he gave us some of his billions of dollars. But it's Lex freaking Luther. Yeah. Okay, but if it was Lena Luther, we would accept it from her. Absolutely. But Lena Luther in the Supergirl universe has complete control over that fortune. Lex doesn't have control over that money. And it doesn't have the money to give. Listen, if I could take away some of Jeff Bezos' money... I will take it away from him because he does not need that much freaking money. But if you want to sponsor us, (laughs) Uh, we'll love sponsors. Yep. 
Well, but I mean, if we have Lex Luthor, who's Superman in our world? Uh, Superman. I think the better question is where is Smallville so we can go make sure that that high school doesn't have any major problems because isn't Lex technically older than Cal? Yeah, by a couple I think years, I think. I think, I, I don't know. Um, I, mean, I mean, technically, Cal-El traveled many hundreds of light years in space as a baby, so he's actually probably been alive longer. But. Well, yeah, but like, okay, I'll, I'll take us back from this tangent. We can go on this for a while on how old Superman is. But anyway, uh, I think we should start with like just generally what we thought of The Boys, because that has been one of my favorite shows to watch in the past, you know, couple, year, couple years for sure. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with The Boys, it's basically this um, late stage capitalism meets, you know, comic book superhero type story where... Um, this comp- I'm actually coming to you if you're watching on video from Vought Tower right now. Homelander and I are hanging out. Um, but there's this company called Vought. He doesn't Vought. shoot you with his laser eyes. No, we're friends. Fingers oh, okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so there's this company called Vought that basically owns all these superheroes and like does PR for them basically so they can get away with all this these heinous crimes. And the boys are the people are kind of the victims of these crimes that are trying to get back at these heroes and Vought uh, for, for taking advantage of them. That's the gist. It's very dark. It's very bloody and gory and violent. But also it is a really good commentary on the idea of, you know, being a superhero. Um, and like what does just having powers mean you are a superhero it's not just the powers it's also the 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 good and kind acts and you can do those good and kind acts of heroism and not have superpowers um i feel like that was a good summary yeah Yeah. couldn't have done it better myself um i guess what are our thoughts on the boys i i loved the boys i mean i how could i not i mean i love carl urban i mean carl urban and everything is fantastic Uh, Carl Urban using his natural accent. Ah, uh, like yes. Just swear is the girl. Beautiful. Um, I think great cast for everyone. Uh, the guy that plays Homelander is terrifying. Like when you first see him, you're like, oh, he's like a powerful, handsome guy, and then you're like, wow, he can really disassociate emotionally just with like his face, and you're like. Mm-hmm what's he gonna do next like you almost never know what he's gonna do because which the the, the show for me is just a bunch of suspense because i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen yeah, um spoiler alert for the boys uh uh for the next like minute or so i think we should just get some things some scenes out of the way that we have to talk about um the whole scene on the plane with queen Maeve, where all yeah. like, like oh we're gonna go save the planes like oh we can't save the plane get the uh, I guess I can't swear too hard on the pod, but oh like, like get back where he's like telling people get yeah. back in the plane so you can go die and I can blow this up so there's no witnesses. And like, Queen Maeve, uh, Queen Maeve's like, can we at least save this child? And he's like, no, because then she's gonna know that we let this plane die. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh god. Um, my one of my favorite scenes, which is shouldn't be one of my favorite scenes, is when they, when um. The deep tries to, you know, stop the boys from, <laughs> and just but he's like, I've got my whale friend, and then they just run the speedboat through the whale. No. Oh, dude, I felt so bad, but at the same time, I'm like, what, what show am I freaking watching? Yeah, like, I, I don't. When he tries to save the dolphin and then has to slam on the brakes and the dolphin just. That was Oops. weird. I didn't like that. Or he what if like when, a... when he wants to save the lobster and the same thing. It's just a bunch of him trying to save sea animals. He had like a romantic relationship with the dolphin. That was weird. That was weird. Dolphins <laughs> dolphins are known to have romantic feelings toward humans, and it's very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, did we already mention that like almost every hero in in the seven is like the Justice League almost? Yeah. Um, You've got Homelander like Superman. It's it's they do the same thing, similar thing with Watchmen. Uh, the the in invincible where they had oh my gosh yeah they're I know that like the Avengers is like probably the more popular of the superhero teams right now but like 
when you're when you're criticizing superheroes, you've got to go with the Justice League. And I feel like the basis of the Justice, like pulling this kind of like genre of superhero of like superhero critical commentary and like asking about you know what is this, um, it really has to stem from the Justice League because the Justice League is like you know God's trying to figure out how to be human, and that's more compelling in this criticism because it's like they aren't quite like us and we have to show why this is different yeah. and why power corrupts and po- this kind of power can be bad instead of worshiping it. And, and I mean, uh, like Homelander is all like, he's very much Superman, but then also he is a symbol of American patriotism, uh, specifically flying with the flag on his back, very much Captain America like as well. Um, he's almost like Lex Luthor's mentality but Superman, because like Lex Luthor of like, I'm trying to save humanity, but like only if it suits me, because otherwise you can all go die and, you know, mm-hmm. have to say, oh, we didn't get there in time. Yeah. Um, gosh, the boys. And then there's, there's, I guess for the viewers that don't know, there's, yeah, there's the seven or the, the big ones, but then there's this whole retinue of, of, I wouldn't say failed heroes, but basically people with abilities that aren't good enough to be pro heroes or like really good superheroes. And um, some of them get kind of weird, especially, I don't know. I, uh, Haley Joel Osment's character? Yeah. No. Me- Mesner? Yeah. yeah. Who can, he can read, uh, he can touch someone's skin and he can read their mind. Uh, oh man. And he gets beaten up and every time he gets a punch to his face, he can read the guy's mind. And it's, I love that scene, even though it's awful. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that was most shocking, like when I watched the show, was like from episode one, it's just like dark theme after dark theme. Um, and I think that's kind of a departure from the classical superhero stuff, even like what they're doing in the MCU. It's generally like has this lighter tone. And I don't know, I feel like it fits really well. And I was kind of surprised that it fit really well. But then when we were talking like in our chat, it was like, oh, no, this has worked before. Like this is this yeah. isn't brand new. Yep. Like I think it's new in the sense of like the heroes are being compensated because they aren't really getting paid, but they have like management people and like they go to news conferences and the press conferences for themselves and like galas where they meet people and have to you know shake hands kiss babies whatever um and and i think there it adds more of like the corruption versus and versus more and like the dark theme versus like other superheroes like my background has punisher and daredevil and i don't remember who she is so i'm really sorry that's Electra. electra okay um but you know they're dark and gory but like boys just takes it to another level of like no you can get away with it because we'll just be like you said sorry so you're all good now and now you're gonna go do this good thing that we make sure the cameras are there for the aspect um that is new i guess for the boys is that um without spoiling things only america has superheroes and they take that as if it, they are divinely blessed by God, which is why they have superheroes. And they really, they really milk that with the people of America, uh, with Homelander almost being an angelic figure, uh, you know, showing that America has the divine right to uh, save the world. That's pretty cool. It's also, uh, was it compound B? Yes. Compound. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a yeah. pretty major spoiler. But like, it, it's not this divine. The, the, the so spoiler. Uh, jump ahead thirty seconds or so in the show. It's not this like divine right. It's actually like a corporation giving a, a you know secret compound to babies. Also, one of the best scenes in the show is when they take the baby with laser eyes and use it as a freaking weapon. Uh, that is so funny. I yeah. love this show so much. Um, but okay so end of spoiler basically that's that's just how superpowers work and that's how they explain it away um 
but B, they also use it like our Flash uses um <laughs> A train. A train. No, I'm I'm talking literal flash, like connecting it to the show flash. Oh yeah, it's like oh yeah, like how flash takes velocity nine. Yeah, V9. That like um they can also use compound V as like V9 because this isn't like a huge major spoiler because you learn about it within the first couple episodes. Like A train was essentially flash, takes V9 to essentially become V9. Compound V to become faster, um, which sets off a whole lot of things. So. Which, which, which is just what, what makes the show the show is is A Train yeah. doing that. Um, oh so. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the, the main takeaway in our conversation about this of the boys is I think this was the first one, the first show that kind of had that kind of threw the gore in your face and the way that like the CW does all like the overly dramatic cheesy tropes in their shows and turns everything into a soap opera. I think Amazon prime is doing that, but with violence and yeah. like, yeah. it's just so hardcore. And like when, after I watched the first episode, I was like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I can watch this. And then I watched episode two and I'm like, okay, I'm used to it. And I don't feel yeah. like it's a desensitization. <laughs> I feel like it's a good plot tool to just show how awful some of these things can be because I think in the real world we get desensitized to a lot of the news and they're like all right this is how it actually is this is how this is happening these are the results of you know powers gone wrong and I think that's something that kind of gets glossed over in your traditional superhero tv show and comic is you you don't see the people coming in to clean up the mess you don't see like the actual murderers and killers and the worst of the worst and in this show, we do. And I think that's why it's compelling, because we aren't being sheltered. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't feel sheltered when I watch an MCU movie. But when I watch this, I'm like, I, this is raw. It's another level. It's just like, MCU is like, by the way, here's this bad stuff. I mean, you know, of course, superheroes come in, you know, there's damage, but like, you know, whatever, someone else will clean it up. But like, this is like, here's superheroes, you know, here's the bad stuff, here's the superheroes no one's coming to clean it up we're just gonna make a press release about it and be like oops daisy also here's a bunch of money so you don't get mad at us but like what are you supposed to do with that like i also want to say really quickly the fact that jack quaid is in this as like kind of the main character ish like think of him i think of him back in the hunger games yeah he was for one of the um what, you, careers like oh, he was one of the tributes from like District One or Two, um, and also the fact that he's Dennis Quaid's son. But like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, he's not a baby anymore. He doesn't have the baby face. Like he's definitely grown up. And then just contrasting him because his character has like the innocence just getting into this world, and then you have Carl Urban who like using his New Zealand accent is swearing up and down um and it's just like dude this is how it is get over it just like throws him into the deep end no life jacket or <laughs> and just the two and then you're also watching butcher who's carl urban like taking care of the child as well and like no i don't care about him but come on kid let's go you know yeah like the relationships in this show are just like spot on like they're fantastic too yeah and then um, as a departure from The Boys, um, another, because The Boys is based in real comic books, um, for those of you who don't know. Uh, the other show, you know, based in real comic books that uh, Amazon Prime developed this summer is an animated show called Invincible. And if you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend it. It's, it's a pretty quick watch if you have like a, a weekend um, that you just want to... But it also has this like violent, gory theme. The title card, every episode just keeps like... <laughs> in, the, in the first episode you get like a drop of blood um by the, by the end of the show the last title card is like just battered and bruised and drenched in like the like sorry for uh, i guess we should probably put a uh, put a warning on this episode but it's just drenched in blood um and like each episode the the main character this his superhero name is invincible he just gets demolished like just you know black eyes bloody nose broken bones like put in a coma 
Um, yeah. Um, and it's weird because it's like the animation style, I would almost compare to like Young Justice. Where yeah. It, it's very, you know, uh, it's still cartoony. It's obviously cartoony. Uh, very bright colors. And like, you really think it's just going to be a normal show. Even the way that they talk sometimes, you're like, wow, it's like a normal superhero show. And then it's like, but let's have someone come in with a mace and break open someone's chest. So they just yeet it out the window. Just like take that mace, smash the window, and then go. I think a fun bonus episode for the podcast would be to watch Invincible together and count how many times we see someone's organs removed from their body. Um, Is that going to be when we actually break the, the, what are we calling it? Like the not actually hanging out together? Like. (laughs) Oh we yeah, quite, the like, pandemic fourth wall. Each other, like, yeah, um, we we've said this before on the pod, but um, we all met over Zoom because of the pandemic and uh, because of the Delta variant. We were hoping to start recording in person, but uh, we feel like it's it's safer uh, to just keep doing this for now. Uh, this is also a plug. Um, if you can and you aren't able, please go get your vaccine. Uh, just a just a quick mm-hmm. statement. Uh, Raving geeks. Though this, I don't think this should be controversial. Raving Geeks is pro-vaccine. Yes, um, we are. We are pro-making sure that we are protected. So those who can't get the vaccine, mostly young kids right now, who are the ones who are getting the Delta variant the most, don't actually get the Delta variant. I have two nieces, so like, let's yeah, we just want to, yeah, compound yep. V, yeah. Exactly. Don't be a superhero. Exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. Perfect. Dude, what if, what if, okay, tangent, and this is, I'm not trying to spread misinformation, but like, what if the vaccine did give us superpowers? Oh, man. Freaking awesome. That would be awesome. But would we get to choose our powers? Probably not. I doubt it. Probably really gross mutations. Um, Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. We all become the Hulk. I mean, in a way, we all got superpowers as, like, uh, first step towards immunity from COVID. So, yeah. um, anyway, with Invincible, um, the because it's animated, you can, you can kind of get even more horrific than The Boys, which, you know, I'm glad I watched The Boys first and mm-hmm. then watched Invincible later because I think I don't think I would have been able to get past some of, the, some of the scenes in Invincible if I hadn't had that, like, exposure before. Um. But I, again, like super compelling. Um, like, d- despite the violence almost being too much, I still found it like necessary. Like, because it seems like this is actually the world that these characters are living in, and these it seems to have more weight and more consequences. Like, you, you, while they don't directly deal with like aftermath of battles, they, they like talk about it. Like, the agencies like that they work with that Invincible works with is like oh, yeah, we have to send in a cleanup team. These are the damages. You know, his yeah. Invincible's father's also a superhero. And in his training, he's like, you have to, you know, when fighting bad guys, you have to not destroy the city. You, you know, caused a lot of unnecessary damages. And, like, it seems more grounded. And I, I feel like part of it is because, you know, it seems less, you know, less closed off, less sheltered from what would realistically be a very violent world if these types of powers existed. Yeah, and I think I think Invincible does a really good job. Um, besides the fact that it has an A-list cast. Um, oh heck yeah! J.K. Simmons has such a good voice. Everyone, everyone has such a good voice. Um, and then you just get a bunch of like weird cameos where I'm like, oh, is that? Yeah, is that Seth Rogen? Is that, is that is that Jason Manzukis who's actually in like the entire show? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Um, it's that's so good. But they, I think Invincible does a really good job at just like it's not meaningless gore. I mean, there is a lot of gore and it has meaning. Um, but, you know, you deal with a lot of, of issues, you know, like uh, Invincible, his character, um, whose name is Mark. Yep. Uh, deals with, you know, like he's got stuff with like girls and like his job. And it's very, almost like down to earth, like the way a Spider-Man comic or movie is. Um, it just happens to, to double with that super intense you know, no holds barred gore. Um, but I don't know, you know, because I feel like Invincible almost has this like looming like 
not Invincible, The Boys has this looming, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Anyone can die at any moment. But Invincible, it's like, I know that there's this, like, wholesome story uh, somewhat behind everything. Mm-hmm. About was- a father and a son, okay? It's, oh, right. for those of you who are, are on TikTok, um, th- there was an audio from, from there has like, been a couple of audios from Invincible that have circulated that are a little spoilery, but uh, the main ones are, um, uh, look what they need to eat. Um, mimic even a fraction of our power um and the, uh what's what's the other one hope do you know which one i'm talking about no because what you just said has definitely not been on my side of tiktok oh i've, I've think, seen mark think oh um <laughs> yes thanks mike oh um another tangent sorry uh raving geeks just uh, as, as a quick update um has uh seen life as uh uh given us a wonderful new editor if you've listened to uh, level up chips uh mike gonzalez uh is now going to be editing the podcast so we just wanted to give him a quick shout out uh mike if you want to like unmute real quick and say hi to the people uh y'all are making me blush thank you hi well no you you just reminded us about the tiktok audio and i was like oh thank you and that was a great time to segue into saying hi to mike and him for all he does here with both level up chips and now on raving geeks Listen, this is all trial by fire. Let's let's see how it goes. But oh, it, I'm and, sure it'll be great. Yeah, but I don't know what's going on with my camera. But anyway, I'm just gonna go back into the corner. <laughs> all right, thanks, Mike. Yes. I think one thing too, ending that tangent and going back to Invincible and the Boys, is there have been movies or shows that just use gore and like fight scenes because they're like oh this is cool and like we have the money for it so let's do it but they don't have like the storyline or like the reason for it whereas like these two are both like no this is what it is this is why we're doing this like you can sit down and be like yep I can trace that fight back to that talk that fight back you know it's it's very much like you know why it's happening versus like hey, I'm a superhero and there's the villain. So let, we're going to fight. And then, you know, superhero wins. Like, okay, what was the point of that versus like, no, these tragedies happened or X, Y, and Z. And so I think that adds another level to it because oh, it yeah. also means that the writers had to come up with very dark thoughts, which like, it's very easy for some writers and not so easy for others. So to know that, these shows have managed to get writers that can come up with these things is like these are some talented people mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's a really good point you made about like the gore in like previous things didn't it was it was because like they thought that was what people wanted mm-hmm. or like it, it like in deadpool for example like yeah. him getting chopped in half and like having to regrow his limbs is for comedic effect it's not like to it's it's for comedy not tragedy whereas in the boys and invincible it's supposed to ground it in reality and have a tone shift to make it like serious and seem more real whereas like i feel like deadpool heck even like the the new suicide squad movie like the gore it's it's while some of it does make like the scene more serious sometimes it's just like like when uh spoiler alert for the suicide squad um when king shark just rips that guy in half like that's yeah. just to show how strong King Shark is, not to make it more serious. And like when I guess I, a lot of King Shark examples, but like that whole scene where they're like murdering the freedom fighters and they're turning it into a game, that has plot because it's like showing like the um, ego measuring contest between Peacemaker <laughs> and Bloodsport. Um, but at the same time, it's like comedic effect. It's, it's funny. They're using, yeah. yeah, they're using yeah. gore and violence as a way to you know they kind of belittling it well here it's like no this is the reality of like the powers we're working with yeah and i want to say too like marvel touched on it a little bit when john um killed nico one of the flag smashers with the shield like they touched on the fact of like hey he got the super super soldier serum and like oh you think he's captain america no actually like he has fed very bad tendencies and like can actually just rage out and kill someone um 
but I don't think Marvel has quite figured that out yet. And I also don't think that they really are ever going to go that dark. Um, just because, like, I mean, other than the TV shows that they've had, they really don't have superheroes unless, like, if you know some comic that's, like, a really dark Marvel comic and, like, you want to tell me about it, please comment on it and comment on our YouTube video, send us a thing on Twitter or TikTok, like, because I want to know if Marvel would actually have something that they could go this dark or if it's just going to be, like, Marvel has plenty of yeah. Stuff. Like I mean, the I, Ultimate Universe, for instance. Yeah. Well, uh, like even um, the the big one I think of when I think of dark Marvel storylines, they've already turned into a movie, and that's the Spider-Man that the death of Gwen Stacy. Like, uh, like I know, like currently, like a main like a main character, especially a love interest dying, like is pretty like common at this point. But at the time, that was pretty intense, and they did that in Amazing Spider-Man too. Um, but if you're, I'm thinking maybe if you, like you went to like some, I guess underground comics is its own separate thing, separate from Marvel. Um, but like they have some alternate universe stuff. There's a lot of like comics that I think it's more, yeah, the, uh, Mike just put in the chat. Pun, there are Punisher comics where they're like heavy, deep themes similar to, you know, Invincible or The Boys, such as like harassment and assault and, um, like serial murder and like like really getting into some like of the really gritty stuff but i think well, it's in the mcu's like the episode sorry hope <laughs> didn't mean i was gonna say like i just don't think that marvel will ever go that dark like i don't I think, think the mcu will i think there yeah. that's the epicenter of like the media that they're putting out right now is mcu stuff but i i could i think if like i guess Sony has only specific properties, but if Marvel wanted to branch out into more adult themes, they could. Yeah. Um, like, because like I see it in DC more using some of like the darker themes a little bit more. Um, I mean, you just think of Batman and like or Titans on HBO Max. Um, like you know, going into that dark and gruesome. Whereas like, I don't know. I still see the MCU as like. Kind of like going back to the Hawkeye trailer, like that family-oriented, like do the good guy stuff, and it's all you know. There is the bad stuff, but like you know, it's not going to be super dark and dramatic. Heck, if you think about Black Widow, like they could have gotten a lot more serious with like Drakov as a villain, uh, <laughs> like very clearly like controlling sexist patriarchy but they didn't go so far as to like have him be like i guess abusive in a way that would um make it like topically relevant for um like the me too movement which like it like you can see the representation but like there are like things that very are suggested and could have gone on but they don't touch on those because that's just not marvel's brand that's not the mcu's brand and that's not the topics they're trying to cover they're trying to show black widow is an awesome superhero not these are the crimes that awful people commit in the real world like yeah um in the end i mean it's really stan stanley wanted something to where you could look at something and feel good when you're done watching it not bring it yeah, down that, and that's marvel and that's, and that's marvel one of the biggest appeals of marvel that's marvel comics Especially, like, I, I, I don't know, Spider-Man's always been the poster boy for Marvel Comics because he's one of the most popular characters. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, he's always your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and he's always yeah. going to be, you know, fighting in your corner. Well, there's in, you know, there's Batman comics where Batman doesn't technically win. Yeah. Um, well, and, like, also think of Marvel, their first superhero comic to try and bring comics back into the world rather than the comic book ban um, was a story about a superhero family with the Fantastic Four. Like it's always been rooted in um, family values and like the good guys winning. And I mean, obviously Infinity War happens, but like, you know, they're more of the superheroes in the good light versus the, you know, reality of what some superheroes end up being or could end up being. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, I think that's just kind of our thoughts on the topic. I know um, a lot of these are like really heavy themes, but I think um, there was kind of this new wave of like interest in superheroes, uh, kind of starting with uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies in the early 2000s, evolving through the X-Men movies and now the MCU. Um, And I think that's kind of evolving with its audience because I think a lot of like they really capitalized on like younger kids and like former comic or like existing comic book audiences. And now as the existing comic book audiences, like we're already adults and some of the children have grown up and you have this bigger um, audience. I think there's kind of like this need for a greater struggle philosophically than just good versus evil. It's, it's like good versus evil. Like in the case of the boys, like evil, that is like systemic in, that is systemic in a way that you can't fight it directly not just because they're more powerful because they're sneakier and they have more money and things like that it's not just who who's gonna who's i'm morally superior so i'm going to win it's like neither of us both all we're in a moral gray area and objectively we're doing things wrong but we're doing it for the right reasons so does that make it okay and i think themes like that are really are really compelling now and i think the the kind of the ways you have to show that can get pretty violent, but I think, I think it, the mess, message is worth sharing. Yeah, and writing about. I I would say, um, for all these, you know, because you know we're getting a lot of these darker, you know, superheroes aren't all what they're chopped up to be is really a lot of the stuff we're seeing. Um, and I would say that one of like the pioneers behind it was uh, the Watchmen comics, comics Absolutely. and movie. Um, as, I hundred percent agree. I had the comics behind me um, for those watching, for those listening. I mean, um, Alan Moore, like, I mean, it's a story that is incredibly dark and it really just goes over that if you are the kind of person that would put on a mask and be a hero, you are probably not right in the head. And so when the movie came out in 2009, I think it was like <laughs> the first time we actually saw caped people basically be awful, like the superheroes be morally bad or like like one of the guys who's very batman-esque rorschach is like his meat moral meter is basically chaotic crazy lawful where he'll kill you for like doing anything but also he has a lot messed up in his head i don't know it's like he like has like batman like has a very like a code rorschach doesn't quite have a code rorschach if he thinks you're a criminal you need to be off the streets or dead which also yeah. gets you off the streets. Um, uh, one of my one of my favorite. I, I, yeah, sorry, you just reminded me of this one. Um, I get chills every time I either read the page or watch the scene in the movie. But Rorschach, spoiler alert for Watchmen, gets arrested and put in prison, and some guys that he's put in there come to attack him, and then he kind of um, beats the crap out of them and then screams at the rest of the inmates. Um, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. And it's such a good line, but it also shows like Rorschach is very unhinged and he is not afraid to be in there with you when everyone else would be terrified. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I definitely agree with you, Isaac. That's a, the, I think Watchmen and like that, that era of like graphic novel, novels in starting in like the eighties, the moving through the nineties um, really started to beg the question. And I think we're starting to get an, a, a kind of an elaboration on, on some of those themes in more more modern media and more modern media adaptations, even with the Watchmen HBO series. So, all right. Well, as always here on Raving Geeks, we like to end with some recommendations. Uh, hopefully we'll give some more positive ones than the, than the themes we talked about uh, here on today's episode. But I hope I hope y'all liked it and thought it was, was worth talking about. I know we definitely did. Um, but yeah, we got movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. Uh, hosts, would you like to start? Uh, I'll start um, on a much lighter note. Um, I'm going to suggest three movies, and they all connect together. Um, the first one is Mary Poppins, the original with Julie Andrews, because I was listening to um, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and Step in Time, driving back to school on Monday, and I was like, I really want to watch that movie again. Um, Julie Andrews is queen, and so I highly recommend that one. The second one is Saving Mr. Banks. And I recommend mm-hmm. this you watching this one second because 
it gives you a lot of insight into Mary Poppins and like what you wouldn't know. Um, I shared it with my dad uh, last year slash over the summer because like he had never seen it and I absolutely love it. Um, and he was like, well, that makes a lot more sense. And I went, uh-huh. I also found the Mary Poppins book by P.L. Travers uh, at a resale store. So I'm really geeked out about that. Um, but the third one is Mary Poppins Returns with Linda Miranda and, um, oh my gosh, Emily Blunt. Blunt. Thank Emily you. Blunt. I was like, Emily Blunt, um, who is also a queen and king in their own rights. Um, but I, the music is fantastic. Uh, the storytelling is phenomenal. And I know they're Disney movies, but honestly, those three, I would watch anytime, even though I'm mad at Disney. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, my recommendation is not the most wholesome. Um. I just recently watched the horror movie *Malignant* on uh, I think it's Netflix. I could be wrong. No, I don't think it's Netflix. Um. But it's by James Wan, and I want to say that it did creep me out, and it was freaky, and I would say it's kind of worth the watch. Not it doesn't didn't blow me away, but it's worth the watch. Um, a more positive recommendation, Sky High. <laughs> That's always a good recommendation. Always a good recommendation. Um, on, on my end, um, if, you, if you want like a good, uh, I guess, family oriented uh, or like strong friendship group also oriented uh, superhero TV show, uh, the CW show Stargirl. Uh, had a stellar first season and uh, is back for a second season, um, which I have, I'm not caught up on, but I'm enjoying. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Um, Breck Bassinger does a, a, a great job as, as Courtney. So, um, and uh, Stargirl is uh, one, of, uh, one of, I feel like, an, uh, is a very underappreciated comic book character, and I think they do her justice in the show. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all we have for you today. Thank you all for joining us here on Raving Geeks. Uh, Make sure to leave a comment wherever you're listening from. Uh, If you want to give us a question of the week for next week, uh, you can feel free to DM us on Twitter, put it in the comments on YouTube. Um, I guess if you can reach out to any any of us individually, even though we don't always post all of our individual information. TikTok, also a great way to reach out to us. But we just love to hear uh, what you thought about this episode and anything you want to hear from us in the future. So, uh, like I said, Facebook or Twitter, at Raving Geeks. Um, and as always, I have been Brendan Valentine alongside uh, my co-hosts. Hope good, Earl. And I'm Isaac Hunter. Stay geeky and have a great week, everyone. So long.